needed. And it's Martin Luther who once said, The de- devil hates music because he cannot stand the, the gaiety. Satan can smirk, but he cannot laugh. He can sneer, but he cannot sing. You think about that when we gather to sing. That we don't just sing because we like to or we like to hear pretty music. But we sing as an act of worship in defiance of the devil himself. When we gather to sing, that's what we're doing. That's what worship is. It is engaging. It is standing firm in the spiritual battle in the face of evil, the evil one himself, and saying, indeed, God is holy. God is love. Now, if it took you a while to grasp that that's what you were doing when you were singing, don't worry. We've got a few more songs that you can sing And I invite you to sing with that intent into the very face of evil himself. As we conclude our series of walking through Ephesians, the Apostle Paul brings us to that place. To recognizing, in a sense, what the, the, the field looks like. To recognizing and seeing what is indeed the game that we're playing, the the battle upon which we are fighting. And he brings us to recognize our correct uniform, how that identifies for whom we play, it identifies the opponent, and it identifies the very way that we play the game, that we fight the battle. Invite you to turn with me to uh, Ephesians chapter 6, starting with verse 10. It's found on page 952 of your Pew Bible. It also will be um, on the screen. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we do beseech you, we beg you this morning to speak to us. To indeed, as we've already said, to take us from those things that can distract us or captivate our our minds that are less than you. Things that cause us to divide our heart and soul. May your spirit come to empower us, unify us according to the pleasure of your will. To truly jump on the bandwagon of your victory parade. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Ephesians chapter 6 starting with verse 10. Hear the word of the Lord. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His power. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, 
Take up the whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day. And having done everything, to stand firm. Stand therefore and fasten the belt of truth around your waist and put on the breastplate of righteousness. As shoes for your feet, put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. With all of these, Take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times in every prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert and always persevere in supplication for all the saints. Pray also for me so that when I speak A message may be given to me to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it boldly as I must speak. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Paul gives us here the right uniform so that indeed we know the team upon which which whom we play and we know our place on that team. It's at least when I was playing football, oh by the way, if my wife um, was able to, we put my picture in the atrium with the football team for those doubters <laughs> of you of, of the uh, high school team. So, just so you know, it's uh, it's out there. Um But when I was playing, we had rules for what numbers you could wear. I don't know if they still do today. You know, certain positions had to have certain numbers. If you were going to get the ball as a running back or as a wide receiver, especially, you had to have certain numbers. The numbers identified your place on the team, what position you played And what Paul wants us to recognize from the very beginning, our place on this team of God. And it is clearly to tell us we are not God. It's clearly to tell us the power that enables you to play in this game, to engage in this battle, is the power of God at work in you. The power of the one who created the heavens and earth by just speaking it with his mouth. The power of the one whose very breath breathed life into that which was inanimate. It's that power, that mighty, sovereign power of God that is at work in this team upon which we participate. So knowing that that is the power, that that is our place, As he says in the first verse, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his power. Knowing that, that that's the power at our disposal, we have no fear. What in this world could cause us to fear? If indeed it is the power of the creator of the universe that is a part of the one who is empowering us. Disease, human limitations, death, the devil himself. What do we fear? 
if indeed it is His power at work in us. We have no need to yell. We have no need to run. For indeed, the battle is won. At the cross and the empty tomb, God has already demonstrated His power. His power of love that enabled Jesus to live the perfect life and die at the hands of the most heinous injustice the world has ever seen. It enabled Jesus to live that perfect life. To willingly hang on the cross for us and then in His power to be raised from the dead. To signify the power over evil, the power over death, the power over disease. Everything about Jesus' life in His gentleness spoke of God's great power. Of what are we afraid? When I played baseball, I was scared to death of the baseball. It's not a good thing when you're supposed to hit it and you're supposed to catch it. And I'd go up and you know, at the plate, when the ball would come, I don't care where it was. If it was in my field of vision, I dove. I mean, I took a step back. Not a good thing until the coach saw that and said, Hey, why don't we put on this flak jacket? This thing that sort of protects you. Put that flak jacket. All of a sudden, man, I was Manny Ramirez. You know, I was ready. I was at the plate, not scared at all. And... We have no reason to be feared, no reason to be afraid, if indeed we are in tune with the power of God who leads us, who has already won the battle. And now we are participating in the victory parade. Our uniform tells us what place we are on the team. Remember, remember Paul told us at the very beginning, the mystery that God had given him is that one day, back in chapter 1, one day all things, the entire cosmos, will be brought to the feet of Jesus. That is how powerful our Savior is. And that is the power in which we are engaged. Our uniform tells us our place on the team And it helps us tell who is on our team and who is our opponent. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against the enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Our battle is not against any single human being. If you are waging a battle against a human being, the devil is happy. Because you're not engaged in the battle with Him. Now, some of you here, I want to take just a minute, there may be some here, and I've had this conversation a number of times with different people, that just don't quite get a devil. Is there really a a personal, a personification of evil in a person, in a fallen angel? Well, I believe yes. But it's not really my concern 
to convert you to believing in the devil. I just want to convert you to believing in Jesus. And eventually, one way or another, you'll see whether or not there's a devil or not. I believe there is. I believe there is an organized work of spiritual powers personified that lead and continue to knock God's people off track. The biggest reason that I can believe that, that there's an evil beyond just human being evil, is the systemic evil of our world. How in the world did it take us as a nation, the great nation of freedom, 200 years to say really all people are equal? no matter what the color of their skin, except for the devil, do that. How is it today? Today, 10 to 15,000 children under the age of five in our world will die because they don't have clean drinking water and an ample supply of nutritious food. Today, 10,000, that's the conservative estimate, children under the age of five will die. It's certainly not because there's not enough food in the world. It's certainly not because there's not the, the political will and desire for it to happen. But somehow or another, it doesn't. I can't fathom that outside an organized force of evil that would prevent that from happening and would shake that in the very face of God who calls himself loving and just. So yes, I believe that there is a personal devil who is opposed to everything about God. And it is evil, the evil one whom we oppose. You know, I know that when I remember playing a game against Shades Valley, it was my senior year, and, and they had taken the lead at halftime, and this was the first drive on the, in the second half. And we were behind, but there was one play where I knew we had won the game, that the game was ours. And because we had come out, and we were fired up, you know, good uh, 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 pep talk by the coach at halftime, really kicked us a couple times. And so we really kicked it in gear and we were driving down the field as one team. And we were about on their 30-yard line. And we ran up to the line, got in our stance, and their tackle, defensive tackle and linebacker, were arguing with each other. They were in each other's face, yelling at each other. Until we got to the line, the linebacker pushed the tackle and said, get in your stance. I knew then we had won because we had made people on the same team opponents of one another. They were destroyed. And from that point on, they didn't score another point. And we scored almost every time we got the ball. Don't you think the devil loves it when he does that with us? When we can fight with one another about things that are secondary. They might even be real important, but they're ultimately not about Jesus. Then the devil rejoices that people on the same team are opposing one another. Some of you have said to me, you know, I can see playing football. Uh, Maybe you're fast or something, which I'm not. 
but I can't see offensive line. I said, well, let me tell you what our coaches taught us. We had a bunch of small players, small players as guards, and so we did a lot of pulling and that kind of stuff. But the other thing is our blocking technique was the same as a gnat. You know, just pester them. It doesn't matter. You don't got to move them anywhere. You just got to have to distract them for a little bit, long enough for the pass to get thrown or the ball carrier to run by them. And I even, in, in practice, uh, we had a, I practiced as a sophomore on the dummy team, which means just that. You're a dummy to even be on it because you get beat up. But I would block David Jordan. Well, David Jordan was twice my size, twice my weight, went on to play and became on the Super Bowl champion team for the New York Giants, played at Auburn and then with the New York Giants. And he came up to me one practice and said, I hate playing you. You are, you're like a little bug. You just, you just get on my ankle. I was about as big as David's ankle. But that's all I needed to do. If I just got his ankle, if I got him distracted trying to get me off his ankle, then he couldn't tackle the ball runner when he went through. The devil does the same with us, doesn't he? Just pesters us. Just gets us connected on things that really may be important to us but are not about Jesus. And they distract us and we don't get to play in the game. We don't get to participate in the victory parade. We might even win the battle of that particular issue, but we, win, but we lose the war of joining with God against the work of evil. Are you stuck on secondary issues somewhere? Are you battling with one another? Or are you battling flesh and blood? And the devil is simply rejoicing. The right uniform helps identify the, our place and our team and our opponent. The right uniform also enables us to play the right game. To play the right game accordingly. Yeah, if you show up for a football game in a baseball uniform, you're in trouble. It is not going to work very well. And likewise, it's the same. So, Paul gives us the whole armor. He gives this to his people to say, this is what you're to engage in. To, to join in God's plan. To join in the victory parade. And, and he goes through, and each one could be a whole sermon. But don't worry. The way you play the game, the battle that you fight, it, it, this, this is how you fight it. You live a life of truth as God is truth. Since we don't have to fear, we don't have to be dishonest. We do not have to play the game according to the world. The, the, the belt of truth means that we can be honest and truthful with one another, with the world, and with God. We don't have to play the game of dishonesty or cutting some corners. Because we know the battle's already won. We know whose power we are in. And if we are not honest, we are not on His victory parade. We are not playing according to His desire. Righteousness. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. We are to live righteously, pure, good, doing good things, just as He is righteous, so are we to be righteous. Righteous. 
and our feet, the, the, the readiness of proclaiming and living the gospel of peace. Remember, Paul's made a big word of peace. He's talked a lot about how Jesus is our peace. He is the one who tore down all the walls, walls between us and God and one another. And again, back to the beginning, another way that Paul's telling us, if we are fighting with one another, the devil is happy and we are not living according to the gospel. Makes that point over and over. Because... We know the battle is won because we know the power of God is what accomplishes this, what wins this. We can live in peace even in a world that is characterized by war and murder and crime. We can live in peace. Faith, trust, belief in God is what extinguishes even the flaming arrows of the evil one. As our faith is developed, that's how we play the game. Uh, that's the, the, the pads that we put on to join in this game with God. Salvation is a gift that we receive from Him. Indeed, two are His words. living in the security of His salvation. Why, every Sunday we recount the gospel, the gospel of peace. The, the gospel that says, in Jesus Christ we are forgiven and we have peace with God. Share it with one another. Every Sunday we recount that story of salvation. Of His power at work in us. And we live according to the words of God, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. And then we pray, pray, pray. Persevere. Pray in the Spirit at all times. Be at prayer in the Spirit. That's why every Sunday you get a bulletin. It's a, a list of how to pray for the saints, to take at literally. Throughout the course of time, we will mention every person's name that is a part of this particular congregation. We will mention... Uh, folks on staff, folks in leadership. We will mention other churches in the presbytery. We will mention those workers who are around the world, just like Paul was, praying for them to speak boldly and whom we'll hear if they get out of Sunday school in time today from John and Diane Fowler. We, we pray for all the saints because that is the way that we engage in this battle against the evil one. This spiritual battle against the battle against the spiritual powers in the heavenly places. It's the word of God and it is prayer that we recount and that we focus on every time that we gather. That you're going to hear in a little bit. You're going to have a, a whole line of people coming up telling you different offerings and options that you're going to have over Sundays during Sunday school this fall. You're going to hear three or four different options of studying the Word or being in prayer together. It's why you also have in your bulletin a list of prayer times that we meet every Sunday morning at 8 o'clock. Every Monday night at 6 o'clock at House of Joy on the avenue. We are engaging in the spiritual battle. In prayer for our city, our nation, for our neighborhoods. Just this week, 
had a conversation with Pastor Emeritus here, Jerry Kirk. We probably talk once a quarter just to pray for each other, just to see how things are going. And, and I asked him, man, can I quote you from what God's doing in your life these days? He said, sure, go right ahead. Because he was sharing just how much prayer has impacted him today. And seeing, he would say, the weakness of his own prayer life. It shared with me a, a quote um, and with others in a letter from a, a quote from Thomas Kelly. Where, where Thomas Kelly says, we, order, we need not worry that this work of prayer will take up too much of our time. For it takes no time, but it occupies all our time. We order our mental life on two levels. One level we may be, we may be thinking, discussing, seeing, meeting, various demands. At a profounder level, we may be worshiping, praying, and listening. And Jerry went on to say, May we all be blessed together as we learn to believe God and not our own limitations. Paul has presented us the right uniform to, to tell us whose team we're on, that we are on the team of the powerful creator of the universe. Paul has given us the, the right uniform so that, so that we know who, who we are against, who we are to oppose, the very spiritual forces of evil. And he knows what game we're playing. A game where we receive salvation in Christ, His Word, and we engage in prayer. When you leave this morning, the deacons will hand you a copy of this passage. And I hope you will put it somewhere, not on your dashboard, because you need to keep your eyes on the road when you're driving, but somewhere else where you will see it regularly. Bathroom mirror, refrigerator, computer screen, wherever it might be. Wherever it might be most useful. It's simply this passage to remind you of the battle that we're in, the power that is at work within us, and the way that we engage, that we join, not only in the battle, but in the victory parade.